So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And I'm pretty fucking sorry that I might look a little bit sweaty, uh, but I just worked out and I just, you know, uh, yeah, took a little round with my bike, because this is definitely something I like. The only problem is that um, for working out, I always just have to have a backpack with almost 10 kilograms, which is... Uh, which is uh, 22.05 pounds, um, which isn't that nice to drive with the <laughs> with the fucking bicycle with, um, because it's, you know, already hurts because I, these are just weights, basically, you know, the weights you just put on dumbbells, and it's not that, not that nice to drive with them and to just, you know, let them crash all the fucking time against your back, or just, you know, swing again against your back even though you know you can just have your uh, backpack really really fucking tight um but yeah um as you can see as you actually can see in the background we are going ahead with the charismatic uh, book summary um or the myth of charisma or the charismatic myth something like this i don't remember um i'm very sorry if i might be a little bit slower today or a little bit um yeah, in terms of speaking, not so good, uh, because I haven't been eating for six and a half hours right now, actually six hours right now, um, because I quite want to try what it is like when you just um, fast a little bit, you know, if you do just not eat for a certain amount of time, um, I really going to eat uh, before I go to bed or just, you know, in the evening, because if not, I would just totally die, um, but yeah. I think we're going ahead with the actual summary, so um, that we might, you know what, let's do this. So, <laughs> a little bit nicer there. Um, so, the charismatic body language, is it a little bit, yeah, it's definitely a little bit better. Actually, what the freaking hell. So the charismatic body language, and I really deeply love body language, so I'm pretty fucking pumped to see um, what he, I think, no, actually she is talking about in the book about body language. So mirror the body, mimic the emotions of those you are speaking to, it creates a sense of trust. Um, why and why people like to be just mirrored, even though it sounds to be like a little bit, some kind of stupid, and it actually also sounds for me like, People actually don't want this, but it's actually the case that we like what's familiar to us. Maybe it's just deeply rooted in our genes or in our nature, and but we just like to, um, yeah, to, we just like to have something that's similar to who we are, or yeah, to who we are. And if you just mirror somebody's body language, you just immediately immediately create the illusion. Let's call it illusion um, that. Um, you're actually familiar to this certain person, even though. Uh, by the way, hope. No, it should be okay, <laughs> because I just saw there's uh, the podcast 
uh, going on in the background of my smartphone, um, which might be, uh, which might you can hear, um, but because I tried it before the episode, which is always something. If you're just someone who's also just recording your voice uh, with your smartphone, always fucking try it out one time before the actual recording. Um, because if I wouldn't, I would have just fucked, first of all, five minutes, but at the end, 30 fucking minutes of the whole recording or of my whole entire life or day or whatever you want to think of. Um, and if you actually could have heard the sound in the background, which is totally something that's not that good. So always try it out before um, because you can never know if there's something in the background you actually can't hear um, because you may have your volume of your smartphone down and and something like this. Yeah. So mimic body language is totally something people like. And I do really want to invite you to go through um, the definitive book of body language, which is, which is basically a book that I've also featured on the channel or on the podcast as well, which is definitely a great book. It's a really great book about body language with a lot of practical facts and a lot of knowledge. So there's quite, I think, quite everything in it. So um, there's also a summary on the powermoves.com website, which I'm currently on right now, by the way. And, um, but also try to just buy the book. I haven't, but I do think because the summary was so good, I really think that the book itself maybe or should be let's say should be um, also pretty good the second one is be selective if you copy all weird body language you will arouse suspicion and some motions may be gender specific totally <laughs> just really mirroring every fucking thing someone is doing might not be the best idea use variations in amplitude if they go big with emotion maybe go small only do what's comfortable and don't mirror someone who is angry. Break them from the angry pose by handing them something or something. By handing them something, then move into a non. They move into a non-angry one or non-angry position. That's totally right. Um, if you're presenting someone uh, something and you do have something to show, um, especially on a piece of paper, it is always quite really good to just give it to the people because if not, they might just go into the position of having their arms crossed. And having their arms crossed um, just really shows you, okay, they some kind of defend themselves with this position. Even though there are such a lot of variations of this position of an, and of this kind of body language that it's not always sure if they're really kind of um, in a negative spot. Um, but most of the time, yes. So by just handing them, they just open themselves up. If you just give them something, they do just have to break up their crossed arms and they can't do it anymore. And this is the great thing about it. And you can really just turn a negative person, quote unquote, and uh, into a better and or more positive situation or position. Be the big gorilla. Envision a big gorilla and move like it. Don't be concerned with milled collisions when you walk with confidence. Well, <laughs> I don't know if this is actually making you more charismatic if you're just bumping into every fucking single person that's kind of <laughs> moving toward you. But yeah, it definitely is confident, you know, it definitely is. The regal posture, imagine James Bond doesn't, imagine James Bond doesn't fidget, doesn't look to earn approval. Don't reassure or please people you speak to. Assume that you are already bringing enough and they and that they have to bring the rest. 
Um, this is quite definitely something I'm not quite sure about. Um, I'm always quite thinking about giving to the people and just really giving to the people. And I do also think that it is such a great feeling if you're giving so much to the other person or so much to other people that they actually just would have or should give something back to you. But because you're just not kind of using that kind of a ticket um, of just, you know, getting something back from them, I do think this is just a, an enormously great feeling. If you do just know, okay, you give so much to them and you haven't got anything back and yeah, yeah, that's quite it. <laughs> and maybe I should actually... Yeah. Do it like this. Um, don't overdo it. Now that they are conveying power, be careful not to overdo it, as you might intimidate some people. Keep it soft eyes. Tilt your head down just a bit. This seems respectful and makes you seem more knowledgeable. Mm. By the way, the whole tilting thing, the whole tilting your head thing, is definitely something that can show a lot of things. Uh, for example, if you're a man and you're just, or even if you're a woman, and you're just talking to a woman and you just, um, yeah, it is, it is quite a close talk or close conversation. So it's not about something that's, you know, just normal, you know, how you're doing and you know, how is you know, the, the work going and whatsoever, um, but more about in a sexual way. Um, then if the woman, one of these, <laughs> if, um, if there are two women, if one of them is tilting their head and really showing their neck, and especially when they're just putting their hair behind their neck so that the, their whole neck or one side of the neck is actually really exposed and this really shows that they are interested in you because their neck is just such an, uh, such an incredibly vulnerable, vulnerable uh, position or vulnerable spot that if they really show it to you, they trust you and they want you to come nearer. If they wouldn't, they would just really uh, kind of protect these certain areas um, you just really have to um, think about animals because if any of these fucking animals would just expose their neck to maybe a predator, it would just immediately kill it, you know? And this is the great thing about body language. You can just put it into other areas, maybe the animal world, but you can also put it into really just early days and see, okay, this makes sense because, you know, the really Asian people just had to do this and that or whatsoever. And I do think this is incredible... Uh, incredibly um, interesting and also by tilting your head a little bit up and you know the thing is this is definitely something I see with selfies and if you're just moving down a little bit if you're making yourself a little bit smaller and you do just tilt your head even a little bit upwards your eyes seem to be very very big and this makes other people feel that you're not necessarily cute, but you're kind of a vulnerable person. And this makes you more just likable and whatsoever because um, it reminds people on you as a baby. Because babies usually have big eyes because, you know, they all, uh, you know, everything around isn't just, uh, isn't just grown yet. So the eyes always stay the same. I do have the same eyes as if I was born, but... Um, this just makes you look like a baby and babies are cute and babies are like, you know, we want to protect them and this seems also be one of the reasons why men actually like uh, women that are smaller than them because then they do just have to kind of protect them and it seems to be like, I'm not quite sure about this, I've only read it and so on 
um, it seems to be like that men actually like to protect people. If it's a child and if it's, you know, a woman or if it's actually maybe a man as well, totally. Um, this is just really something men seem to like. But yeah, difficult situations. To deal with difficult people, divide and conquer. Don't try to win over a big group of people at once. Understand which strategy you want to use with each person. And I think it's incredibly important to just really talk in the way the other people are also talking. Um, and really just adapt to every single person. Which means that if you notice that some of these people are just really using a lot of... I don't know. What can I use? They just are swearing a lot then you might actually be swearing as well. You know, it's always the, the kind of trust thing and the familiarity thing that you maybe could use um, if it's working. But I think you can totally see if it's not working. Um, but it's the same thing like, you know, um, maybe a, another example. Yeah, let's take this example. If you're just going to eat something, you would totally wear different clothes as you're going into um, a really, really high value or high whatever restaurant then if you just go to the next <laughs> McDonald's to eat something there, you know, um, it might be a little bit of a, you know, not that of good example because, you know, you can totally wear whatever you want. Um, but I think you know what I mean. You know, it always comes or it always comes up to whom you're talking to and, you know, what situation you are in, um, in which way you're actually speaking to the people. This might actually be one of the strategies, actually just really trying to sympathize with the people and actually um, being more familiar to all the other ones. Make them rationalize in your favor. Use the Benjamin Franklin effect. Ask someone to do you a favor and it will make you seem more likable. The cognitive dissonance. <laughs> the funny thing is to just really tell a quick story and I could actually put this away. Um, I've once made it. It wasn't. It was a presentation actually, and it also was some kind of a script uh, with a colleague of mine, which is actually you know by now my colleague. Um, in the first form of my school, uh, we actually did a presentation and our script about cognitive dissonance, and um, partly about cognitive dissonance. And um, it was also about the um, the pyramid, the need pyramid by Washlov, Washlovsk or whatever he's called, something with W, definitely. And um, we also did a lot of other things about psychology, and I've, um, back in the days, really been interested in psychology in some way. So no, totally, I wasn't reading about uh, anything about um, psychology or something like this. Um, I think I'm actually doing more about uh, psychology right now than I was doing back then. Um, but yeah, just a quick story, because I... I just found it quite interesting that, um, yeah, they actually talk about cognitive dissonance. Um, but really recap it if it, wasn't, if it was a little bit too quick. So the Benjamin Franklin effect seems to be um, you're asking someone for a favor and they just like you because of that. And I think it makes sense because you put them into a position of importance, first of all, and a position into, um, yeah, where they are a little bit bigger than you or more... Um, how should I say? They have more... They're just bigger than you in terms of not their wealth, but their position. They're on a higher position than you are because you put them into such into such one, um, which totally works, I think, because people like to be important and people like to be just 
the leader or a little bit more value, not, not valuable than the other person, but on a higher position than the other person. Ask for their opinion, which will make them feel more valued, which is basically the same thought as if one above. Find a way to remind them of past time they helped out. Find a way to remind them of a past time they helped out and attempt to praise them for the warmth they had for doing that. And this is actually a funny thing because um, Dale Carnegie in his book How to Win Friends and Influence People said that you should never ever talk to people or tell people um, that you once did something for them and just, you know, play this thing that you did something for them and so they have something to do for you and just put them in a negative position. But um, you should totally do it like, okay, you know, uh, acknowledge that they did something for you or something or someone else in the past. It was incredibly great and just, as they say, praise them for that. Um, but also find a way to present your idea as based on their previous idea or action. And definitely a great thing because people like to really just... Um, create something on their own or have something on their own, whether it's an idea or a project or whatever it is, and just really basing your idea on this certain thing is great because they seem like, okay, you know, this is basically my idea and the other person quite only just used it. Totally great. Totally fucking great. Um, expressing appreciation. Show appreciation by saying stuff like you did a great job rather than great job. So you did a great job rather than great job. I think it just underlines that you are or just you acknowledging the other person that he or she did just something really great and appreciate specific traits and action, which is definitely something that quite bothers me um, because we all praise every fucking single step a baby makes, but never ever we just praise a lot of things our co-workers are doing or our boss is doing or whatever adult is doing. No one is praising that. And this is, at my point of view, something you could totally do to just be more likable quite. quite. Um, just going up to them and being like, okay, you definitely, did a great, you definitely did a great job there. Or something like this. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you're just falling on your knees and just praising them or whatever. Um, but more like just just really think about babies. You know, if they're take if they're just um, speaking the first word, everybody's like, "Wow, you know, it's amazing that you just did your first word," and you know, whatever. Um, but with all the adults, no one is doing it, and also with teenagers and whatsoever, um, some of them are doing it, some people are doing it, and it will definitely just you know uh, appear certain times, but not that often, and not quite often enough, maybe. Um, remind people they had a choice with you and express gratitude that will further make them happy with their decision. Show people how their involvement has helped. They, f they will feel driven to help support it. Also read Drive. Um, totally. Um, because I think the thing is, how should I explain this? Um, I think people just really like to, you know, it's the basic Basically, the thing as um, as before, like I was telling you, okay, people like to have their own ideas and their own things and whatever they, uh, whatever they have, they like it to be their own. And I think this is quite the same thing because you are just being like, okay, you know, only through their support, um, which means that your thing is also based on their support, you just did so great. And it definitely feels like, okay, 
these certain people have some kind of a percentage of what you're doing. If it is 10% or whatever it is. And this makes it to their thing as well. Um, I think this could be sad. I don't know. Delivering bad news. I totally like the book. I wonder, by the way. I really fucking wonder. Hmm. I'm very sorry if you wasn't able to quite... Yeah, you, you were. I'm wondering... No, you can't. It, it is actually not a book. Hmm. It's actually really not a book. Um, yeah. Delivering bad news. Increase comfort as much as possible. Definitely. Um, have distractions such as items for them to fidget with. Candlelight or background music. And prepare yourself to come from a place of compassion when you speak. Presenting with charisma. Make the core message as simply as possible, ideally in one sentence. Use stories with characters similar to the audience. Start on a high note and end on a high note. Don't end with a Q&A. Um, stand with a white stance and arrive early to study the stage and own it. Um, I think all these are totally great. Um, just being quicker and a little bit more quick than maybe other people, because I do think our really just uh, concentration span or whatever you call it is really fucking low, and it really got fucking low. Um, also the whole story thing, totally, we like stories and we like especially characters that are similar to us. Um, the whole starting on a high note and ending on a star high note, I don't know. Um, I think ending with a Q&A or somewhere a Q&A in your presentation um, it always depends on what presentation it is if it's you know like a speech a Q&A is def definitely a great thing but um, but yeah um, I think yeah a Q&A is great you know for a lot of people it is great and stand with a white stance uh, whatever stance actually is um, yeah, and totally know the stage and know what you can do on a stage. Just really being like, okay, you know, you don't know where you are and whatsoever might even distract you from actually presenting the thing you're willing to present and also just delivering the best speech um, because you may be just uncomfortable standing there or you might not like a position or whatever it is. Um, I think totally knowing where you are and what you're going to do is great. Delivering criticism. Find a comfortable and quiet environment. Get specific with your criticism. Um, depersonalize. Let them know it is about their behavior and not them. Totally. I think this is important. By just being like, okay, it is not about you, but what you did. And it basically doesn't have anything to do with who you are and you know whatever. Um, because often criticism is definitely that... Um, that 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 I, for example, also take personally. If it in, if it is in terms of my designs and whatever I do in school, it definitely is because I'm putting a lot of blood and sweat in there. So um, it really is something that I made, and it really is something that I feel like okay, this some kind of a part of me, even though it sounds to be you know really stupid and whatever. But I think a lot of people are like okay, this is something that's personal and this is something that's quite maybe me 
when you wait till the last possible minute to work on the presentation, I get nervous. I get nervous is the proper critique. Why do you feel uh, the need to wait till the last possible minute is not? What the fucking hell? So when you wait till the last possible minute to work on the presentation, I get nervous. I get nervous, quarter. I, I get nervous. So when you wait till the last episode minute to, to last possible minute to work on the presentation, comma, I get nervous. Is the, is the proper critique, or why do you feel the need to wait till the last possible minute is not? I don't fucking know what he want to say or she wants to say. Start off, uh, off on start off on a positive note such as bringing up their accomplishments and end on a positive note um, this is totally something that I've already mentioned and I've read somewhere I don't know where um, but it's basically some kind of a sandwich technique that you're actually starting maybe it was even in how to win friends and influence people but I don't know and um, maybe it is yeah it is totally such a uh, sandwich principle or sandwich technique You start with something positive, then the negative shit comes, which is maybe weighted, not like that much than the positive ones. And then there's already or also a positive one to really just maybe back it up or just you know round it up or whatever it is. And also read thank you for or thanks for the feedback, um, which is also a book that I've uh, been featuring on this channel as well. Um, so if you are willing to get more knowledge about how to give feedback and how to get feedback. Um, totally check out the summary um, itself and also check out the podcast and YouTube episode. Um, yeah. Um, I'm quite thinking about um, if I should actually move on or not. There's a little bit left of it, um, but not that much. Um, Um, it's definitely too much to go through in this episode so this is the only problem I might just go through it a little bit slower and yeah I will just recap it in another episode as well so I do just not want to end this um, in such a way even though hmm never mind so types of charisma there are four types of charisma and the first one is focus Elon Musk, all about presence, listening and zooming in into what people say, making them feel lis listened and understood. The risk is little warmth and coming across submissive. Don't use when you need to be authoritative and need immediate compliance. Um, great. Visionary, Steve Jobs, great to make people believe you, requires you... Uh, requires you project full belief in what you say and full confidence you can achieve uh, you can achieve it the vision should ideally include something for good kindness Dalai Lama primarily focused on warmth great to create an emotional bond and make people feel welcome avoid when you need to be authoritative And the fourth one is the authoritative the most powerful of them all based on status and confidence St Stalin or, you know, Stalin from uh, the UDSSR, um, and Mussolini, which was basically the dictator of Italy um, before the Second World War, 
Um, yeah, I think. And Mussolini, leverage, authority, charisma, they are not necessarily likable like Michael Jordan. The risks are that people will not tell you the truth because they are too intimidated. Definitely is. And uh, different styles better suit different personalities and different environments. And that's definitely true. And I'm really going to recap this as well in the other episode as well. Uh, I think um, the next one would be the Charisma Myth audiobook. So there might be an audiobook as well, or it seems to be. Uh, so therefore, if you just enjoy audiobooks more than actually reading real books, um, totally do that. But yeah. Uh, this was it with the episode. Um, I'm quite 28 minutes in. It's fairly okay, I, I would say. Um, because I do have something to do today as well. Because my girlfriend has birthday. And I'm do just trying to create something very, very nice and very, very good for her. So that, yeah. Yeah. Because I honestly do not have that much time because of what I'm doing here. Um, it is definitely something that I actually made a post about yesterday, um, which will be uploaded today, um, which is basically all about, okay, um, it's not that easy to really have a relationship and a business. And um, it totally isn't. And therefore just being like, okay, compromising it a little bit is for me the way to go. Because I really do not want to say to people, okay, just leave this relationship if you really like it. And also don't leave the business if you really like it. If you really don't like these two things, then just, you know, fuck with them. Just, you know, let them go away and whatsoever. Um, but compromising it like, okay, um, yeah, just compromising it in a way. But yeah. Uh, with that being said, this is the end of the episode. I uh, hope you're doing fucking well and I hope you will be just great and fine and whatsoever. I hope you're the best wealth, health, happiness and success. But still, don't forget about the uh, yeah, the legacy or your legacy and giving back to the people that gave you something. Uh, or even though, if they haven't given you something before, just give them anyways. And with that being said, I'll see you probably in the next episode, which definitely will be uploaded today as well. And I'll see you, and I hope you're doing good. I love you.